that God has given us. We're celebrating what God has brought us here to do, what he's called us to do here in Valdosta. And this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I, I know that you know, most everybody else in this room doesn't wake up every morning thinking about Anchor Faith Church and what God's going to do at Anchor Faith Church. And, and I don't expect you to, especially not on the level that I do. But this is what uh, is the focal point of my life is what God is doing right here in Valdosta, Georgia. To see this house uh, as full as it is today is just awesome. And um, I am overwhelmed when I look back at the last three years. You know, we're closing up our third year of ministry. It doesn't seem like that long. My wife and I have been talking about it all summer long, and it's just, can you believe it's been three full years that we've been here in this location? Uh, you know, and the church has been here even longer than that. Prior to that, uh, Pastors Brian and Cheyenne were here, and there's several of you that were, uh, uh, you know, transitioned over with us. And again, we appreciate you making that move and transitioning. And there's just so much that's on my heart. I had to take a full month to discuss the vision of this church and what God is doing. And it's always important to keep the vision before us. It's always important to keep the vision in front of us. And God stresses that actually in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Um, it's one of those that is tough to find, um, but it's after Nahum. And uh, it is before Haggai, if that helps you. Um, if you need to go to the table of contents, you can. Or you can look up on our wonderful screens that will project the verse to you. But he says this in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it? Now, I want to stop right there because we'll go into the third verse. But first of all, I just want to identify that God is saying, write the vision, make it plain so that he who runs or he that reads it can run with it. So let's identify, first of all, the vision comes from one source and one source only. The vision comes from God. This is what we have to understand. You know, a lot of times we, we see man projecting vision for things, but the thing that we have to remember is man isn't coming up with any of this. This isn't man-made. What God is doing here in Valdosta, what God is doing through Anchor Faith Church is not man-made. This isn't my wife and I coming together and just, you know, figuring this thing out as we go. No, we are hooked up to a vision that God has given us. So number one, the vision has a source. The vision comes from God. Number two, he says to write it down, to make it plain, make it clear. Well, I have found that things become clearer the more often you look at them. I've found that I may have an understanding of something the first time I read it, but the second time and the third time, that's called meditation. God uses that word a lot throughout the word. He says meditate. What does that mean? To think on, to chew on, to look at repeatedly. Okay? And so we've got to understand that this vision is not something that we just lay out, uh, you know, when, it's not something that we just laid out when we got here three years ago and then expect you guys to continue to run with that. Those of you that have attended our vision partnership class and have become vision partners, that's not the last time you have uh, heard about the vision and it's not the last time you will hear about the vision. Our vision partnership is giving you an opportunity to say, I am partnering with the vision. Most churches call it church membership. 
Um, but I really believe that church membership is more of something that's lived out than just a piece of paper that you sign. I believe it goes beyond just a document that you said, uh, yeah, I understand what this church is about and I'm going to hook up and become a part of that. And I'm, but membership is lived out. Membership is lived out in several different ways. Number one, it's lived out in your time, in giving your time and being in church and attending church regularly and learning and hearing the word of God so that we can go out and be the church. Okay, this isn't church and church doesn't stop at 12 o'clock or whenever we wrap up here. You are the church. You are just getting started. This is an instructional place. This is an institute. This is where you learn how to be the church and then we go out there and do it. Be it. Okay, number two, uh, church membership is lived out in your tithe and in your contributions and participating financially to the vision that God has given us. We say this all the time at Anchor Faith Church. God doesn't need money, but he uses it. Okay, God is not moved by the amount that comes in, but he uses what is given. God is very good at using little and doing a lot with it. God does that all the time. I mean, you look at the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1. All he needed was a word. And we've got an entire universe created out of words that he speaks from his mouth. God is very good at using a little bit. The only limiter to God is us. Because God can use anything that we bring to him. Amen? When it's brought out of obedience. So number one is tithe. Number two is, is, or number one is time. Number two is our tithe, contributing financially. Number three is in togetherness, coming together, our fellowship amongst the believers. And that's not just identified on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. When you become a vision partner, you're saying, I'm hooking up with others that I'm partnering with. And you're not just partnering with my wife and I. You're not just, you know, hooking up with us. You're hooking up with everybody else that has said, we're going to be partners. In essence, we're all coming together to achieve one purpose, one corporate vision. And so any times, any types of opportunity that we have for fellowship, any types of opportunity, even outside of Sunday morning and Wednesday night services, when we do conferences like we have coming up this next weekend, when we do men's fellowships and women's fellowships and getting the kids together for kids nights, those things are important to the fellowship of the believers, the fellowship of the body. So our time, our tithe, and being together, those are opportunities that we get to express partnering with the vision. Amen? So he says here, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that, he who, uh, that they may run who reads it. So the third point that I want to pull out of this verse is that the vision is meant to be run with. When we communicate the vision of the church, when we communicate what God wants to do here in Anchor Faith Church, that is an opportunity for you to look at it and say, I want to be a part of that, grab a hold of it, and run with the vision. That means that you are participating as well. You know, you hear my wife and I say it all the time that this thing doesn't keep on going week in and week out because... We're so diehard about the vision and we, you know, we said we we're going to do it no matter what. No, to, to get to where we're at today, people have come on board with us in various capacities, in various roles, in participating and contributing. We have people that contribute heavily financially. 
And they've made it their purpose to financially see that uh, this church is, is provided for. We, we saw that last week. I had Pastor Randy, or Reverend Randy, come in specifically to minister on how can I participate in the vision financially with my finances. Now, we're all called to tithe, but there are those that go above and beyond exceedingly and, and have given their lives... God has given them a gift with finance. God has given them a gift with money to see the vision of a church go forward. Reverend Randy's testimony is, is that as well. But he's a businessman. He's done well financially. He, he's done well for himself. His businesses have done well. Everything that he puts his hand to. I mean, he's, he's talking about starting more businesses. This guy is just a, a, a business-minded guy. But he knows this, that it's not for me. It's for the gain and for the advancement of the kingdom of God. How can I do that? How can I contribute and participate financially? So he may not pick up a guitar and sing every weekend. He may not be one that you know, goes back and works with the children, although him and his wife do that as well. Uh, but, but his strong gifting is financially. But we have people that are very gifted with children. And are heading up children's ministries and, and ministering to children. You realize that some of these children that we get sometimes, the only Bible they hear all week long is the two hours on Sunday morning. You know, when, when, I, when I realized that, you know, because I, I, I was very privileged as a child. You know, anything, what I heard on Sunday mornings was very minimal compared to what my parents were keeping in front of me. I, was, I memorized Psalms 91, all 16 verses. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I memorized that whole chapter by I was six years old. The whole thing. Psalms 121 was another one. I, I knew verses. We did Bible reading. and I'm, But you know what? Not every child has that privilege when they go home. And as children's pastors, when I realized that, man, I took so much value in ministering to children every Sunday morning. When I realize that this may be the only Bible they get. On top of that, many of them are going to public schools that are denouncing everything we're teaching. Preaching the opposite of what we're ministering to them on Sunday mornings. Guys, it, it is, uh, it's, it's, there's not enough time to sit by and, and look at our children and, and cast them off and say they're not worth it. And so we value children's ministry. And for the last three years in this church, uh, if you haven't stopped by our brand new pre-K room back here and, and peeked your head in there, you need to go check that out. You guys gave. You guys were inspired to give $1,500 in, in less than 60 days. We raised that money. And that classroom is a result of your contributions and your participation. And now we get to minister. And today is the exact model, the exact reason why we did that. Had we not split up our pre-K and put them in a separate classroom this morning, there would be 12 children in our toddler room with one teacher. Because we're growing. Because we're advancing. And so this is why the vision is so important. There's no way we could have done it. There's no way. We would have to pull one of you to say, hey, do you mind coming back and helping us teach? And then you would have been all crammed in one room while we used another room for offices. Look, the rest of us that show up Monday through Friday, those of us that are working here Monday through Friday, we just pull out tables and use laptops, man. We don't even have an office, and we don't care because the children's ministry is that important. We're getting ready to shut down that next office, the actual office that we have left, 
And we're getting ready to sp- split our babies, our infants, and our walkers because we realized that our 0 to 12-month needs are no longer compatible with our 12 to 24-month-old needs. We got ones that want to run around and dig into stuff and throw Cheerios everywhere. We got others that they can't do anything but be held. And you cannot minister to that effectively in one room with one teacher. It's the vision. The vision grows. We do not neglect even the smallest. And so because of this value, because of this mindset, we've got to write down the vision, make it plain, make it clear so it can be run with. Amen. Look at verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The vision, vision itself, is future. And God lives in the future. Let me give you a picture of how God runs with vision. God speaks to a man named Abraham. He's 75 years old. His wife is 65 years old. Has not been able to have children all her entire life. Now they're past the age of bearing children. And he speaks to Abraham and says, you are going to be a father of many nations. That's called vision. Because vision doesn't look at what you see. See, sight, we've got to learn the difference between sight and vision. Sight only looks at what I see. Vision looks at what I want. I'll say that again. Sight looks at what I see, what is in the present today, what I can tangibly place hold of. And look, everything we're discussing about the vision, you can apply to your own life. But vision looks at what I want, what God has spoken to me that hasn't taken place today, but I know is out there. Because the vision is yet For an appointed time. Look at this in the New Living Translation. I like it in the the way that he puts it in the New Living. Starting with verse 2, he says, The Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. See, the vision is an answer to a problem. The vision is an answer to a problem. I tell our leadership team this all the time. Some of you may not know, but we have a leadership team here. They're called Ministry Head. Our ministry head staff. They are couples that uh, have come on board. In fact, we've just recently added Bradley and Priscilla, moved up from St. Augustine. This uh, last, I guess it's been two weeks now, been here two weeks. Uh, I was gone for the first week of it, so it feels like they just got here. Uh, But Bradley and Priscilla just got here from St. Augustine to what? Help us advance the vision. And we have a ministry head team, we have five couples not including my wife, that are on this team, that we meet once a month about the vision of this church and progressing this church. And they are heads over different areas of ministry. We have a head usher. We have a head over our greeters and hospitality. We have children's pastors. These are people that have come on board and said, we want to help you advance the kingdom in Valdosta, Georgia. And so I tell our our leadership all the time, in fact, we were just discussing vision last night, we cannot be sight-driven people. You never achieve anything by just looking at what you have. You never go anywhere by only looking where you're at today. 
But vision-minded people, visionaries, are those that see something that isn't there today, and they live out their lives placing goals and tasks, assignments and objectives to achieve what God has called them to do. And so we've got to learn to, to, to come out of being sight-driven. Write my answer plainly on tablets. This is what I was going to say earlier. We tell our leadership team all the time, don't be problem finders, be problem solvers. God is a problem solver. God loves to look at a problem and find a solution. And the vision is an answer to a problem. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So I'm carrying the vision to you. This isn't something that my wife and I got together around a kitchen table and said, we're going to do this, 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 and this. This is vision from the Holy Spirit, vision from God, and we are carrying it. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. That's probably the one thing I have to work on the most. (laughs) Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. The vision that God has given us and what I'll be discussing this month, most of you will look around and you'll say, how are we going to do that? We're not there. We, We can't do that. We don't have those buildings. We don't have that many people. We don't have that size ministry. But it's because it's vision focused, vision minded. And I want to make the vision clear this month. I want to make the vision obtainable. So sight looks at what you have, but vision looks at what you want. And we've got to be vision minded people. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29. Part of my vision is to have our children in a place far, far away from the sanctuary. So we cannot hear them screaming and hollering through the walls. There was one service just a couple of weeks ago. Someone just ran out. I thought the child was coming through the wall. I thought he was going to be right here. I was waiting for him. He hit that wall so hard. I don't know how there wasn't a den. I don't know how they didn't mark it up. Amen. I was ready to, to catch him if he came through. Hallelujah. That's a vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version first. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable, is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. When we lose vision for this church, we stop being productive for the kingdom of God. See, in the kingdom, there's no stalling. There's no stalemate. There's no, I'm stuck here. The second you stop moving forward, you begin going backward. This is why vision is so key. Uh, Churches, I've seen churches, I've been a part of churches uh, as a child and even through high school, where they lost vision. And things just began to dwindle away and and fall apart. The one thing that I pray as a pastor is that I never lose the vision for what God wants to do in this church. And here's the thing about vision. Vision is progressive. 
Vision is progressive. That means it's not an overnight deal. Uh, You know, I had someone ask me this last week when we were in Texas. They said, what is probably the one thing you've learned the most by, you know, from senior pastoring the last three years there in Valdosta? And the, the thing for me, I think, is the time it takes. The time it takes. I've just, I've just settled myself in the fact that it's just going to take time. It's going to take time to get the people that you want. It's going to take time. It took us two years to get live worship. And I, and I can't tell you guys thank you enough for hanging in there with us until we got live worship up here. And, and, and no one, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to use the word embarrassed by it because worship is worship and you don't have to have a guitar player and bright lights and uh, a drummer and a, and a lead singer but it, it does something when the presence of God fills the place through tangible bodies not just playing a computer in the back it took us two years to do that and you know we had people come and go and, and I don't know if that was a major factor for them they said well I just really want live worship this whole you know CD thing just isn't cutting it for me I don't know that but nobody was, nobody in here was uh, more moved by it than me. <laughs> you know, I'm a drummer. I've played on worship teams since I was 12 years old. I've, you know, been in churches where we had, you had to rotate worship teams. We had so many of them. And, and, and to be in that position where we could not present live worship, I mean, every weekend it was like, ugh, on the inside. But you hung in there and you stayed with us because the vision is that we wanted to have live worship. But these things take time. The vision is progressive. This thing doesn't happen overnight. It hasn't happened overnight. And regardless of how quickly things begin to move, we know there's always a progression to it. It's one of the hardest things. If I could stress to you one of the pressures and the weights of a pastor, it's one of the hardest things to see where you know you want to be and where you can be and then look at where you're at. And it's, it's one of the toughest things as a visionary to see that far. You know, maybe some of you have seen that in your homes or maybe some of you have seen that in your businesses. You know you can be this. You know you can be done. But it just takes time. It takes getting the right people in the right place doing the right thing. It takes the, the right amount of money coming in. It takes the right uh, doors opening up. But I know this, that God is a miracle worker. I already know the price it is to cost uh, that it costs to purchase this building as well as the front building. I already know that. That's been in the back of my mind for at least a year now. And that number is so daunting. That number is so out there. That number is, is so, uh, you know, and there's so many things that would have to fall in place. First of all, that building uh, isn't even touchable right now. The owner has, has uh, no plan to get rid of it. It's a moneymaker. I mean, the, the landlord is making so much money off of Coca-Cola, it's paying for both of them. So she don't have to. So in one sense, you know, I, I feel like Moses saying, let my building go. And I don't want to have to call down plagues, but 
and then, you know, and then there's the question, is this the place? Is this the location? You know, and I've talked with several people in here, you know, because I'm new to Valdosta. Is this a great location? Or, or is this the right place? And so there's this searching, there's this seeking God because the, the vision is out there. I know that we're going to be larger than this one day. I know that we're going to need more space and more property and more rooms and more classrooms, more offices. Uh, you know, the, 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 the things that God has placed on our heart to do, not just in church. In schools and education, you know, there's things that are on our hearts to do. One thing that's been very effective for us in St. Augustine is operating a Monday through Friday preschool for children and operating an after-school program for elementary age kids to come to and hang out until their parents get off work. And I did that for two years down in St. Augustine. I did the after-school program. I'd leave my office at 1.15 in the afternoon, had tons of stuff to do as a children's pastor, would go get in a bus, go to three different schools in St. Augustine, pick them all up, come back and hang out with them till 6 p.m. That was my day. Loved it. Loved it. Such an influence. Can't tell you the number of children that, that has brought over to the church side. Because I can tell you this, if you reach the children, you get the parents. So there's so much vision. There's so much that God has placed on our heart that is vision-minded. And you start thinking of all the things that have to be put in place. All the people that are necessary. All the resources. The finances. The buildings. The properties. And so the vision is progressive. But where there is no vision, the people perish. Look at this in the message. This helps us really see something. I had, you may remember Pastor Doug McGee came here uh, back in May. Uh, and he came and he ministered a powerful word on our words, creating our destiny. But we were talking before service, and he was talking about this verse here. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And we always think of that where there is no vision, the people die off. Perish means to die, to become uh, ineffective. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he identifies something to me that the message really points out. It says... If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. There's one version, I can't remember which one it is. I want to say it's the New King James. It says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. He said, this is what the vision does. The vision makes things clear so everybody knows exactly what they're doing. It's not that just people die off or people perish or people quit, or they're not effective. It's, it's that the vision makes things clear, so everybody, it's like there's so many moving parts, but every part knows exactly what it's supposed to do. Kind of sounds like our bodies. But without vision, without a clear vision, everybody's just doing what the message tells us, stumbling all over themselves. It's amazing how when you have a clear vision, it sets everybody up knowing exactly what they're supposed to do and knowing exactly how I contribute to the vision. Where there is no vision, it says if people can't see what God is doing. That's what the vision is, man. This is what God is doing. And every time we do a vision partnership, every time we do that class, and by the way, we will be doing one. Right now we're shooting for the first week the first weekend of September, as soon as we wrap up this vision month, 
we've had some families that we, we've already heard, hey, we want to be a part of your church. We want to get hooked up with the vision. What do we need to do? How can we get in place? We'll be doing a vision partnership class. But what I always tell them is this is an opportunity for you to hook up with what God is doing. This isn't about Mark and Ashley. This isn't about Anchor Faith Church. It's a ministry or an organization. This is about what God is doing. And look, God's doing all kinds of stuff. There's churches, great churches all over this town. I know some of the pastors in this town. I've developed some great relationships with several of them. Great people, great men of God. But I know this, that God's called us here. That's one of the first things you look at when... When God starts to lay on your heart coming about us, you're thinking, why do they need another church? But God's called us here. God's placed us here to do something great. And so becoming a vision partner is a time, it's an opportunity for you to hook up with what he's doing through Anchor Faith Church. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals they are most blessed i have seen this the most blessed people that i know are strongly connected and hooked up with the church with the local body church now you you can think of all kinds of people in the world that may seem blessed but the only true blessing is in doing what god has called you to do And I've seen people give of their time. I've seen people give of their finances. I've seen people give uh, of their resources, give of their knowledge and their skill sets. You know how to build something? Come help us build. You know how to put things together? Come help us put things. You know how to watch kids? You're really good with kids. We got an event. We need you to watch children. I've seen people give of their time, and I see them blessed when they do it with the right heart and the right attitude, motivated for the right reasons. I see them blessed, and there's no other way around it. You cannot work for God and be upset. When you do it with the right heart and you have the right motivation, you're not looking for a thank you from somebody, you're not looking for a handout, not looking for a paycheck, uh, you're not looking for them to bump you up into another area. When you do it wholeheartedly just to serve people and serve God, those people are blessed. Those people are happy. Those people can come out with their hair in 50 different directions and puke on one side and poop on the other. And just, man, I just love God. Thank you so much for the opportunity to serve. I know I smell horrible, but thank you. I see it. Vision keeps you moving forward. Since vision is future focus, since vision is something that is a picture of what you want to be. We're, we're reading a book right now, and he defines vision this way. He says, vision is painting a picture of where you want to be. See, purpose is what God designed you to do, what God created you to be. Vision is how you accomplish the purpose. And everybody in this room has purpose. If you didn't, then that would be to say that God created you on accident. But God doesn't do anything by accident. He does everything on purpose. And so you've been created on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. And now your vision is how your purpose is accomplished. Our purpose of Anchor Faith Church is to train people up, get them into the kingdom of God, and train them up in the kingdom. This is not a church that just leaves you at the door and says, all right, let's all go to heaven. This is a church that says, all right, you're in the kingdom. Now this is what the kingdom life is all about. Okay? 
I don't believe that God created anybody on the on this earth to be heaven focused, heaven minded. What does that mean? That means that I just sit around here and just wait for Jesus to come through the clouds. No, I believe He's created us with the purpose for the earth. That's what Genesis one twenty six tells me. And so, uh, since God doesn't ever go back on His promises or His word, since He can't do that, I believe that every single person that God places within this church has been designed to make an impact wherever you're at. Whatever you do in life, if it's being a parent, if it's being a spouse, if it's being a coworker, if it's if it's uh, 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 owning a business or working for someone under a business, whatever, what, wherever your sphere of influence is, God has designed you for a purpose. And this church is committed to training people up in the kingdom life. Life in the kingdom of God. And so our vision is how we accomplish the purpose. And our vision statement is very simple. You see the three words under there, under vision. We are called here to ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world. Ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world. And so it always starts with us. The cool thing about this vision is no matter where the vision is placed, you're always igniting. See, although the ministry started in 2004, 10 years ago, with Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine, Florida, to ignite the city, and now we're, in essence, impacting the nation, we're all over again igniting a city. We're igniting a city once again. We'll impact this nation. Uh, I don't know if you have watched the news lately, but this nation needs to be impacted with the kingdom of God. Amen. And we've got a message to do that. And so we'll continue to do that. We'll send people out from this location into other places of the United States to plant more anchor faith churches. This is the first one in the United States, but it's only going from there. We already know of a, of a couple down in St. Augustine that is planning on going to Boston. Start anchor faith church in Boston in the near future. We've got people that want to go to Michigan. So this thing is expanding. This thing's growing. And influence the world, ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world. We believe that the globe needs to know how to live in the kingdom. We believe that the globe needs to know what God did in sending his son and getting us living a righteous lifestyle once again, accomplishing his purpose in the earth. And so we've already planted an anchor faith church in Puerto Rico. We did that the same year that we were planted here. They moved in July. We moved in September of 2011. We've gone to places such as Nicaragua. We've gone to places uh, such as India. And God is moving us. God is charging us to take this thing not just within our cities, not just within our nation, but to other nations to create one nation, a holy nation unto God. And so this is the vision of this church as a whole. And in the upcoming weeks, I'm going to continue to express, continue to identify, continue to show you. Uh, Pastor Mike uh, and Angie, they'll be up this next weekend doing our men's and women's conference, which, by the way, today is the last day to sign up. So please get your $20 in, get uh, with your spouse. Even if your spouse can't make it, I encourage you to still come. This is not a marriage conference. This is a men's and women's conference. So marriage will be covered if you are a husband or a wife, 
but that's going to be one small role that will be covered in the big multitude of how do I operate as a man. It's called by design because God has created us with a design in place. A manufacturer, whenever they create something, there's always a design to it. And the way it's designed tells it what it's supposed to do. So when you learn what you were, how you were designed to function, then you know better what you're supposed to do and how to operate. So you need to get signed up for that. But Pastor Mike, next weekend, he'll be ministering uh, Sunday morning, and he's going to be ministering. He, he kind of oversees a lot of our helps ministry and different volunteers, different uh, areas of ministry. He's going to be talking about how you can participate with your time. We had Reverend Randy talked about how you participate with your finance. He'll be coming up talking about how you can participate with your time and your influence and your gifts and your skills. Amen. And then I'll wrap up and I'm going to get real tight. And I'm going to lay down some stuff that this church is going to do and this church will continue to do. And I'm, I'm even going to be bringing core values. What are the core values? You need to know what Anchor Faith Church is all about. Okay? You need to know that what, what, what you're hooked up with is, is, is here to accomplish something, and it's something that I want to do, something that I want to be a part of. Did we get that video? You didn't find it. Did you find the seven-year video? Let's pull that one. Let's pull that one. I just want to give you a glimpse. Many of you have seen these videos. Some of you haven't. But it's, it, it's just awesome. There's times that I'll just be sitting in my office, and I'll come across these videos, and I'll just play them. Because it keeps in front of me where God has brought us, but also where he's taken us. God said this many times in the Bible. Forget not. Forget not. He is always trying to keep his people in remembrance of what he's done. Faithfulness is the biggest thing that will drive you to your future. When I can look back at my pur- when I can look back on my past and not be condemned by it, not be brought down by it, but look at my past and say, "He did it then, he'll do it again." And it's so easy for us. You know, I was talking with Pastor Jason when I was in San Antonio, Texas, and him and his wife were getting ready to bring their son home, Levi, and there's so many battles in the midst of that thing. Being born at 24 weeks, it's one thing after the other. And he said, it's amazing how I would come through one thing. They would tell us that he had a lung disease and he was uh, you know, going to be on a respirator for the rest of his life. And God overcame in that. And then they come back and say, well, uh, he's got spinal meningitis. And you just immediately just, oh. And he's like, it's amazing how quickly we forget the victory that we just came out of. And the same God that overcame that can overcome this. And when we overcome this, there would be another test, another battle, but he'll overcome that as well. And so I want to play these videos. I want to keep them in front of us. Did we get it pulled? All right, let's go ahead and shoot that up, and then we'll close. Always inside of me But I can't go back Back to how it was I believe now I've come too far No, I can't go back Back to how it was 
for the great vision that you have called to this church, Father, that you began 10 years ago in another location in another city. But, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this city right here, right now, through these people. Father, I thank you that you have planted us, called us, moved us with the design, with the purpose, and with the vision. And, Father, I thank you for every person that you have brought along our path, every person that's brought with them, the gifts and the skills and the, the asset that you have placed them within the body to be, Father. The, the ministry that's taken place. And in these short three years, we've seen marriages restored. We've seen children come home. We've seen families become tighter. We've seen people step out in faith for businesses and jobs and careers and get them against all odds, against education and against knowing the right people at the right time we thank you that your favor has gone before them father i thank you for those even those that have gone through our kingdom institute and completed our first year how far they have come because they have given themselves dedicated themselves to grow in your word learn your word and become more knowledgeable in your word and in the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you for all those that you continue to add to us daily. We call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Our times of ministry, our opportunities to reach out to a lost and dying world. Even those that are religiously lost, even those that think they have a kingdom lifestyle, but yet it's not as genuine as it could be. Father, help us reach those people. Help us bring life, true life to people through the ministry that takes place in this church. Father, you've called us to do something great. It's bigger than all of us, but it requires each one of us. Father, stir within our hearts to line up with the vision. Incorporate ourselves with the vision. Become a part of the vision. Give us a vision so great. Give us a vision so large that we know that there's nothing else that we could do except fulfill that vision. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives, in and through this ministry, in and through this church. And I thank you that the best is yet to come. Great things are in store in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.